Welcome to Twisted Tales of Madness and Murder presents The Price of Blood, Part 1, The Lead. We open this story on a windy night at a two-story warehouse with boarded-up windows and graffitied-covered walls that stands right next to a set of railroad tracks. The wind rattles loose a piece of siding and causes the large trees that surround the building to sway back and forth. Suddenly, the door to the warehouse bursts open and slams against the side of the building. Jacob, who is in his fifties, barefoot, wearing dirty jeans and a blood-stained t-shirt, carefully peers out into the night. Jacob struggles to hold up Richard, dressed only in filthy slacks and has an IV hanging from his arm. Jacob scans the area as Richard slips in and out of consciousness. Jacob slaps him across the face. You need to fucking stay awake. I can't get us out of here on my own. I'll try. I'm so fucking weak. Jacob gets a better grip on Richard, and they slowly make their way down a gravel road. But suddenly stop when a pair of headlights can be seen approaching. Shit. Richard slowly looks up at Jacob. What is it? They're coming back already. Jacob drags Richard across the road and into the woods as the sound of gravel crunching under car tires can be heard getting closer. Jacob, in pain, continues to move through the woods, keeping Richard upright as the car doors can be heard closing. Jacob reaches a fallen tree that is blocking their path, causing him to stop. Okay, I'm going to step over first, then I will help you over. Jacob starts over the tree, but Richard suddenly grabs and pulls on him. What are you doing? Don't leave me. Jacob, angry, reaches back over the tree, putting his hand over Richard's mouth. Shut the fuck up. Out of nowhere, (laughs) laughter fills the woods. Jacob frantically looks in all directions into the darkness. Why are you doing this to us? Leave us alone. We didn't do anything to you. Branches can be heard snapping all around them. Just let us go. Just as sudden as the laughter started, it stops, and the woods go quiet. Jacob, scared and breathing heavy, reaches his hand across to Richard. All right. Give me your hand. Richard reaches out, and Jacob is just about to grab his hand when Richard is yanked into the darkness, screaming. No! The screaming abruptly stops. Followed by more laughter, Jacob watches in fear as figures dart in and out of the shadows. Jacob, frantic, turns to run, but runs right into the trunk of a tree, knocking himself unconscious. Jacob opens his eyes to find himself being dragged by the feet by a tall, bulky man with a ritualistic tattoo on his hand. What are you doing? Oh, please don't do this. The man ignores Jacob, not even turning around. Jacob struggles to break free as he is dragged along the gravel road. Please, somebody help me. Please. Jacob can see the door at the warehouse approaching, causing him to claw at the gravel desperately, trying to stop himself. No, no, no. Just as they reach the door, Jacob reaches out and grabs a hold of the door frame, stopping. I'm not going back in there. The man drops Jacob's feet and quickly steps up to his arm. 
and using the heel of his industrial-type work boots, slams it down on Jacob's arm, breaking it and sending part of the bone through the skin. Jacob screams out as he lets go and is dragged into the warehouse. The door slams shut. Night has come and gone, and now we find ourselves on a backwood two-lane road where we see a rusty white station wagon with white smoke rolling out from under its hood, roll up next to a weathered sign that reads, Welcome to Runners. Next to the sign are a set of train tracks, one empty and the other lined with boxcars. Kyle, who is 19, wearing jeans and a black T-shirt, dares in disgust at the red check engine light flashing at him from the dash. He pulls out his cell phone and dials as he watches the plume of white smoke fill the air. What's going on, amigo? Any luck so far? Well, if you consider this piece of shit car you set me up with breaking down lucky, then I'd say my luck is fucking killing it. What are you getting all agitated about? It's been less than two days since I left your place and the damn thing's already taking a shit on me. I can't possibly get back on the freeway with it. Well, I don't know what you really expect me to do about it. I'm no fucking grease monkey. Oh, I don't know. Maybe get up off your lazy ass and come help me. Brandon is silent. Hello? Where are you? Kyle looks out at the weathered sign. A place called Runners. It's off the interstate going east. Never heard of it. You're going to have to hold up there for a night or two because it's going to take me time to get there. How long? As long as it takes me to get there. Okay, I guess that will just have to do. I'll find a cheap hotel or something, and in the meantime, I'll knock on some doors around here. Look, man, maybe I'm talking out of place here and all, but you ever stop to think that maybe your brother doesn't want to be found? No. That thought has never crossed my mind, because he would never do that. Especially with what happened to our parents. Kyle notices several empty syringes laying on the ground at the base of the sign. Wow, this town's either filled with a bunch of diabetics or has a serious drug problem like every other town in America. What's that? You're, you're cutting out. Never mind. Just please get here as fast as you can. Catch you on the flip side. Kyle ends the call, then grabs a map off the passenger seat that is covered with red circles. Kyle steps out of the car and walks over to the train tracks, stepping over the empty track up to one of the boxcars. Unzipping his pants, he urinates and is suddenly startled by a blast from the locomotive horn. Kyle turns around and watches as a locomotive rolls toward him slowly. Kyle quickly zips up his pants and he notices a switchman hanging off the back of the locomotive glaring at him. It's truly amazing how many dumb shits get smeared up and down the tracks because they assume the other track is empty. Hey. Hey, it looked empty, and I thought I would hear something. Did you? No. Well, will you look at that? One of life's mysteries answered. So pay attention next time, dumb fuck. Also, in case you didn't realize it, this isn't some third world country. Find a bathroom next time. The switchman gives Kyle the finger as the locomotive picks up speed and continues down the track. Kyle walks back to his car and places his hand on the roof. Just give me a couple more days. Kyle gets in the car and drives off. 
The station wagon drives down a street filled with suburban homes, finally coming to a stop under a willow tree. Kyle grabs an old leather case from the back seat and drags it up front. Then he pulls out a handful of photos of his brother. Kyle walks up to a faded blue rambler with an off-white picket fence and a large no-soliciting sign attached to its gate. Kyle contemplates walking away, but then decides to open the gate and walk to the front door and push the doorbell. He steps back quickly, checks his appearance as the door opens. Jerry, who is in his 40s, wearing slacks and a dress shirt, appears and looks Kyle up and down. <sighs> this better be some kind of an emergency. Excuse me, sir? Jerry rolls his eyes. Son, I don't want to insult your intelligence by suggesting that you lack the ability to comprehend the English language in its written form, but there is a no-soliciting sign prominently displayed on the gate you just walked through. Kyle glances back at the gate, then back at Jerry. Yes, I did see that sign, sir, but... Well, if you actually did see that sign, then why in the hell are you standing in front of me right now on my front porch? Because I certainly don't know you, which could only mean one thing. It means you are trying to sell me something I don't need. Kyle is just about to speak, but loses his thought when a sexy brunette suddenly appears behind Jerry. Ariana, who looks to be about 18, is wearing a pair of tight cut-off jean shorts and a blue bikini top. She stares back at Kyle. Jerry turns to see what has drawn Kyle's attention, to find Ariana standing. Damn it, girl! What have I told you about parading around dressed up like some kind of whore? For Christ's sake, go put on some decent clothes. Ariana looks back at Jerry with disdain, then flashes Kyle a sexy, flirty smile before disappearing down the hall. Jerry, angry, turns his attention back to Kyle. I am sorry for bothering you, sir, but I assure you, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm actually trying to find my brother who's disappeared. Kyle hands Jerry a photo. Perhaps you've seen him around? Jerry just continues to stare at Kyle without even looking down at the photo. What you are doing right now is wasting my time. Kyle holds the photo up. Please, sir. If you could just take a look at the photo, is all I'm asking. Jerry makes a half-assed attempt to look at the photo, then looks back at Kyle. Like I said, you're wasting my time. Jerry grabs the door and goes to close it. But Kyle quickly sticks his foot out, stopping it. Maybe you can let your daughter look at the photo? Well, my daughter is about as dumb as a box of hammers, so she wouldn't know anything. Jerry looks down at Kyle's foot and grins. <laughs> this is gonna hurt. Jerry suddenly stomps down Ouch. on Kyle's foot, causing him to jerk his foot away. Kyle flexes his foot, relieving the pain, as Jerry, laughing, <laughs> slams the door. Thanks for your time, asshole. Kyle shoves the gate open and walks toward some other houses down the street. Kyle, discouraged, slowly walks up to the street toward his car when he notices somebody laying on the hood of it. Now what? Getting closer, Kyle realizes it's the same girl from the house earlier. As he walks up, he finds in the same clothing, but now wearing sunglasses. Excuse me. 
Ariana continues to lay motionless, ignoring Kyle. Can I help you with something? Ariana slowly turns her head toward Kyle. Well, that really depends on you, sport. Depends on me how? If you know how to use those hands or not. Kyle looks down at his hands, then back at Ariana. My hands? <laughs> yes, your hands. Do they fucking work or not? Kyle holds his hands up and flexes them, open and closed. Last time I checked, they worked just fine. Then, it would appear that you can actually help me. Ariana tosses a bottle of suntan lotion at Kyle as she slides off the hood. Kyle catches the bottle as Ariana takes a step toward him, then turns around so her back is facing him. Kyle, confused and feeling awkward, just stares at her. Is there a fucking problem? What? Oh, my God. You plan on just standing there with your thumb up your ass, or are you going to squeeze some of that shit onto your hands and put it on my back? Kyle apprehensively squeezes some lotion into his hands and gently applies it to her shoulders. Wow. I don't think I've ever felt such soft hands on a man before. Thanks, I guess. (laughs) Don't thank me. It's fucking weird. It's like I have some chick rubbing lotion on my back. Kyle, embarrassed, stops his hands. What's your deal? I didn't say stop. Slowly, Kyle begins rubbing the lotion in again. For the record, my name's Kyle. I'm sorry, did I say or do something that might have suggested I wanted to know your name? Just thought you might want to know whose hands are on you. I don't give a flying fuck as long as the job gets done. Would it be possible to know your name? Christ on a bike, what is it with you and these goddamn names? It's like some kind of fetish or something. It's actually a pretty common thing that happens when strangers encounter each other. Is that so? Yep. Guys are all the fucking same. Regardless if you meet them on Tinder or Bumble or on the side of the street, you're only showing interest because you think it will help you get in my pants. Guys could honestly give two shits about a chick's name at the end of the day. Wait a second, it's nothing like that at all. Ariana spins around, then pushes her sunglasses down to the tip of her nose and stares into Kyle's eyes. So you don't want to fuck me? Shocked, Kyle stands in silence. Ariana slowly pushes her sunglasses back up, then steps up right against Kyle, ensuring that her breasts are pushing against his chest. That's what I thought. Your silence speaks volumes. She shifts from side to side. Do you feel those nipples? I could cut glass with these babies. Kyle remains speechless. Well, that's a real shame you have no desire to fuck me. Because I may look all young and shit, but I assure you, I am oh so experienced. The things I would do to that man-meat between your legs would spin your fucking head. Smiling, Ariana slides her hand down over Kyle's crotch. Do I excite you? I think you can feel the answer to that. Well, are you going to do something about that? Kyle leans forward to give her a kiss, but Ariana suddenly steps back. Did I do something wrong? Guys are so fucking easy to distract. All you gotta do is get that baby batter boiling, then they lose all rational thought. Ariana holds her finger up. You've got to stay on point, Kyle, no matter what gets in your way. 
Kyle watches as Ariana takes her fingers and runs them up her erect nipples that are pushing up her bikini top. So, did I hear correctly that you were searching for your brother? Kyle carefully adjusts himself. That's right. He pulls out a photo and hands it to Ariana. That's him. He disappeared a couple weeks ago, selling educational books door to door. I've been doing my best to trace his steps. You gotta be shitting me. Educational books? It's the only job he could get. Who the fuck thought going door-to-door selling books of any kind would be a good idea? Nobody reads anymore, let alone does anything that would better themselves. People are so addicted to their little gadgets and how many fucking fake friends they can get on Facebook or how many people saw their last useless tweet. Or knowing which useless Kardashian took a shit. You have such a positive outlook on things. Are you fucking kidding me? How could you have a positive outlook? The human race is about as useless as the cum in a man's snipped balls. It's just there for no fucking reason. I'm gonna go on the record here and say that your intelligence level is certainly higher than that of a box of hammers. What? It was just a comment that your father made is all. Ariana turns toward the house. That man should really learn to keep his comments and opinions to himself. She turns back to Kyle. Enough about him. Let's get back to your brother. I really hope to hell he shows up because he's pretty damn hot. I can see it now. You and your brother split roasting me on some cheap hotel bed? You don't mind sharing, do you? This conversation has gotten somewhat awkward. My bad, I'm sorry. So, other than your brother, you got a family someplace? It's just me and him. My parents were killed in a car accident when we were young. Ouch. That sucks. Do you have any photos? Of my parents? No, of the fucking accident. What? (laughs) I'm joking. Jesus Christ, lighten up. Ariana looks down at the photo. You know what? The more that I look at him, the more I'm thinking I've seen him around town. Really? Ariana holds her hand up. Don't go getting all keyed up and shit. I can't be for certain the guy I saw was your brother. Was he by himself? The guy I saw wasn't alone, and was running around with the wrong crowd. Wrong crowd? You know, the kind of people that cause the good folks to cross the street when they see them coming and to lock their doors at night. Kyle shakes his head in disagreement. That's not possible. Couldn't have been my brother. He wouldn't get mixed up with people like that. You sure about that? He would, if he had no choice. I don't know what your time schedule is like, but I won't be able to tell you anything until later. That's actually fine. My car's acting up, so my friend's on the way to help me. So, looks like I'm stuck here for a day or two. Maybe you should consider checking into the Slumberland Motel. They have cheap rooms. Where the hell are you, girl? You better get your dumb ass back in this house. Ariana looks back at the house. Then back at Kyle. Shit, I gotta go. If you want answers, I suggest you pick me up right here tonight at 8. Why not your house? The old man gets a little weird when I go out with guys. After all these years of having me to himself, he gets a little jealous. You know, the thought of another man's hands all over my ass just drives him crazy. Are you still talking about your father? Just be here at 8. She saunters toward the house, but glances back at Kyle. Ariana. I'm sorry, what? That's my name. 
Ariana disappears around a tree. Getting into his car, Kyle looks at his watch, then pulls out his phone and dials. Dude, oh my god, I'm right in the middle of taking a massive shit. I'll get on the road when I'm fucking done. Pinch that shit off and get your ass up here. Because I might be onto something. Get the fuck out of town. Really? This girl says she might have seen him around town, but that he was with a bad crowd or something like that. Bad crowd? What the hell does that mean? I have no clue, but it's a lead. Dude, your service sucks balls, man. You're cutting out. I said... The phone goes dead. Shit. Kyle looks down at the screen that is flashing no service. <sighs> to be continued in part two.